Hello, beautiful listeners. Welcome back again with another episode with your host, Shanze Reza. This episode is interviewing the interviewer, featuring Scrunchie. And I guess I'll just kind of like let them introduce themselves and kind of what they do because it's not podcasting, but they still are hosts of their own little show or call it what you will. Um, How are you guys doing today? Hi, we're doing great. I'm Sarah, by the way, and I'm Veronica. So good to have you guys. Of course, yeah. Uh, I actually didn't, uh, like, I had very low faith or no faith in you guys responding because I was like, they seem like they're, like, with big bands and everything, and they seem like they're, like, dealing with bigger people, bigger names. So I just took my chance with it, and then you guys responded, and I was like, okay, I got to do this now. (laughs) No, I appreciate you reaching out. It's kind of interesting to finally be asked questions rather than us asking the questions so thank you a lot of course yeah Yeah, all right so I guess I wanted to start with the name because often uh, a lot of time I look can look at a name and it can take an idea of what they are who they are and kind of who they branded themselves to be but you guys are very unique in that where I don't think you guys have any, any association with your name and what you do elaborate on that for me please years later and I didn't really know what to name it and I was going through kind of a vintage phase that was sort of at the height of the Visco Girl era and I didn't really know what to name it and I wanted it to be something kind of feminine sounding because like our not everyone on the team is a girl and like not it's not just for girls and we don't just interview girl bands but like we try and interview because rock and roll type music is kind of like a dude genre so I want to make it clear that it's not a dude thing so I did a scrunchie have to tie up your hair it's a really good show and then now we're stuck with it oh yeah no I love it if that's like your brand then it definitely does represent and I'm so happy that you guys went in the route of like uh femininity and that representation because we do need that especially in that genre and kind of like uh showcasing that like it's not a a gender-based thing but more like expression so cool okay so you mentioned that um, there, you guys have a team. So can you kind of explain like how large that team is and who does what? Kind of the dynamic of what that looks like. Oh, no, I was just going to say that, um, well, I mean, Sarah, like she said, started this as like a thing in her college. So for a time, it was really just like you. And then at the end of last year, I tagged along because Sarah had started doing some radio interviews for her college which she could probably tell you more about but um as soon as I heard about this you know I've known Sarah for like half a decade now but I was like this is really cool is there any way that I can get involved and I think I was the one that dropped the idea of like what if you did like an Instagram for your um for your interviews and then like a few days later you got back to me and you'd be like actually like that's a pretty good idea and then the two of us kind of fleshed out uh, a website and the proper social media page for it so it's really us two at the forefront of it but we do have a couple other um, people that kind of like hop in to like do an interview maybe when none of us are available we have someone that um does some of like the little like drawings and art that you'd maybe find on our Instagram like highlights page or like our logo uh so it really is like a very small community I guess I guess in my mind I always 
wanted to envision it more as a community, maybe grow in the future. But for the most part, like any executive decisions and most of the work that gets done is pretty much through either me or Sarah. Yeah, on the team we have um, someone who helps with photography and email pitches named Rachel. We have Dee who's in a band and they um, help with outreach and they substitute in on interviews if one of us isn't available because it just goes better if there's more than one host. And then we have Isabel who helps with that too and like outreach and finding these bands and that sort of thing. We have Jillian who did, did our art and like stuff like that and like our logo. Yeah. That is so cool. That's it, it's kind of like really fulfilling to be able to start something and kind of see it expand. Um, uh, adding on that, uh, what is kind of like Scrunchy all about? Is it just interviews? Is it building connections? And will you guys be expanding to maybe some other platform, maybe getting a studio space? And like, I don't know, as soon as COVID clears up, of course, it'd be really cool to have your own kind of like show, I guess. That would be really cool. Yeah. Um. So I kind of want to make it a podcast at some point. Right now, I just have the YouTube and the Instagram and the WordPress. Um, we want to upgrade and have like a domain that isn't through WordPress and um, maybe expand our YouTube channel a little bit. We just signed a lease together and we move on Saturday and we're thinking about maybe possibly bringing bands into the living room, but we're not really sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love that. We talked like for a second, just like what if we like made a TikTok or something to like oh, yeah, yeah. advertise uh, our page a little bit because I feel like. You know, that's where everyone's kind of at right now. I don't really know how to use TikTok, but I could learn. Um, but yeah, right now we primarily have focused on interviews, especially because of COVID. So it was only the digital space via Zoom that was really available to us. And I think that's still predominantly what we, uh, what we focus on. Now that, um, at least here in the U.S., uh, live shows have started to come back, so we've been trying to kind of expand into doing maybe more photo diaries and journals from the little shows that we go to. Um, I'd love to do more in-person band interviews, but I know that a lot of artists are still kind of like on the fence about those because of the end of COVID and there's still like safety restrictions in put, which is completely understandable. But yeah, Sarah and I are actually speaking to you from Indianapolis because we were at a show yesterday um we were seeing Samia if you know her um so that was really fun hopefully hopefully we get some photos up from that they turn out because we also have been shooting predominantly on film so that's like sort of an added challenge but yeah I'm sorry to like off of your question but yeah predominantly interviews but I think writing pieces I think or essays would be really cool to do um both of us enjoy writing sometimes in our free time so yeah I mean in my opinion I feel like I would be down to kind of like take this platform and just kind of do anything with it anything that promotes like any sort of creativity and community that I really want to put too many restrictions on it so cool you mentioned that you also have a wordpress uh, where you have the like written interviews and I noticed that and all I that that came to mind was oh my god that's a lot of work I could never do that how do you guys really I mean 
go even going back and listening to the audio versions of the podcast and editing that out that's exhausting enough as it is so how do you guys who's writing it first of all let me know there's a really fast typer yeah my my one flex is that i can type at a professional level which is 70 words per minute um so i don't know why i've just always been able to type really fast i think it's because my handwriting was really bad as a kid so teachers made me type really early so I was typing my papers in like first grade and I think that just because when you're younger your brain is more malleable so I think that's why um but yeah I we also have used this service called Otter and uh it helps transcribing but you have to go in and like edit everything because it's not always most perfect (laughs) yeah Sarah really takes control on the transcribing ends and she's much more efficient at that than I am um, I have most of the responsibility on kind of the visual end. So if you go on our Instagram, like any, uh, design, any posts on there are pretty much like 98% of the time posted by me. Uh, so yeah, we have like the words printed by Sarah and kind of the visual side by me. There's a couple of things on the site that I've also written too, but in terms of actually physically putting them out there, that's usually Sarah's end. And then I'm kind of taking over the social media part of it. And then um, emails, I mean, everyone's got to deal with emails. I think Sarah, you kind of mostly took that upon yourself, but like, I will also do that from time to time. So it's really like, I mean, it's very helpful in some ways that this is kind of like not structured in a super professional way because we can kind of pick up where the other person like needs some help with something and it's like really easy communication especially now since we're moving in together so it's a very collaborative process and you know it is tedious sometimes but I think once you make a habit out of it it sort of gets a little bit more easier to fit into your routine we were still doing this when we were like in college so we were able to balance school with doing it so um lucky for us like most people that we've worked with have been like pretty flexible and it's been I don't think it's been too difficult to like find like a schedule that works for everyone so I think it's really just about like communicating with people and everyone on the team kind of has like their different strengths to offer so it's just utilizing everyone's skills and like everyone's good at something everyone's able to contribute something so it's really like whatever you're willing to do, whatever you're able to do, you can contribute in that, like, small amount of action go a long way. That's so cool. I really like that you described the dynamic of the team for me because um, I think what you described was is kind of how I wish all workplaces would adopt. It's not really like you're restricted to something, but instead you're it's like a community and you're helping people, which makes it very much more, like, doable and healthy. So that's really nice. It is being like a, a manager or a boss. I don't know what you like to call yourself. Is it weird to adopt, like put yourself in that role? Or have you kind of like, had, like, was it an easy transition considering you were like the founder and then you quickly were in the beginning stages? I would say it, um, it was a pretty easy transition because it's just like my friends and it's like this publication is for fun. So yeah. we're not like stressed about money or anything like that. And so, like, I'll just send a text in the group chat being, like, we have an opening for this interview. Can anyone take it? And if people are, like, no, I'll just do it myself. And it's not, like, that big of a deal. Yeah, 
so like first and foremost it's treating this as like something that's fun to do it's not like I don't treat it as a job or anything like literally because I mean I have like a nine-to-five and this is what I do when I'm not working my nine-to-five but um yeah as long as you treat it like it's fun and you remember you're doing it for the right reasons then I think that kind of transition is really smooth so cool okay um and yeah it's nice that you guys have kind of the written version because it does offer to a wider um audience like I'm trying to Brand, uh, rebrand myself to doing video podcasts because I know all our generation is heavily visual we don't we're not so much of the radio turn it on and for a long ride um so I'm trying but it's a lot of editing <laughs> not loving that part um and yeah, yeah you mentioned you take care of the visual aspects and they are very appealing they definitely do brand like it, when I look at your post it's like oh that's scrunchy I don't even have to see who posted it so did it take a while to kind of like, yeah, <laughs> did it take a while to kind of navigate and see what fits and what doesn't and what can, you know, yeah. Um, it's kind of funny that you say that because I feel like in terms of at least like on your Instagram page, I feel like I'm very much at a place right now where it's just like, I don't know what I want this to look like yet. I feel like it's still sort of in a process and sometimes I'll like stick to one sort of like format but then I'll get really bored of it and I'm just like okay I gotta switch it up so I feel like every couple weeks or months I'll probably like try out something new um but I still try to kind of keep it towards like an aesthetic I guess that still kind of like rings true for like quote-unquote brand or whatever because I feel like I remember when we first started and we were kind of thinking of like colors and kind of like a certain vibe that we wanted to go to and I think um we kind of settled on this kind of like very like feminine but um kind of like inspired kind of look something that isn't too like something that's colorful I don't want anything that's too like um like monochromatic monochromatic or like using too many like grays um because I want the page to like be you know bright and colorful because I feel like that's what I would want like other people to feel I guess when they would open onto our page you know bright colors or and like funky designs are gonna attract people's eyes so it's still yeah I think it's still a work in progress finding what it, I personally like but yeah it's it's something that you're able to play around with and what that part too. I did like graphic design as a minor in college, so I guess that's kind of where um, I was able to kind of play around with things more. But yeah, it is like a, a fun learning experience too. It's fun to like, teach yourself things on like Illustrator and Photoshop. So yeah. No, yeah. Um, that's interesting that you like kind of like doubt your work, or um, I feel like as artists we do that a lot. Like we're our biggest critic. Um, I myself am stuck with Canva because I can't technology and it's like so disgusting because it's very corporate and like if you learn an illustrator that can really add your touch but um, I just I'm not I'm not doing that. Canva has a lot of like options I think. I think it's like expanded a lot in the past few years that I've like known about it so I think especially if you're starting out like that's a really good resource to for sure yeah it has been a big help and like I, I feel like if it, there wasn't Canva then I'm not sure how I would promote myself but speaking of how do you guys kind of market yourself and 
kind of push yourself to a larger audience? Um, so mostly we just have the Instagram and the YouTube channel. Like, as we said, we're thinking about the TikTok. Um, we usually rely on artists to share the interviews that we do, which is kind of hit or miss, because sometimes they don't, because they miss seeing it or whatever. But, um, I feel like that helps a lot. Especially if they put us in, like, the press section on their website, like, then that means those interviews will keep getting hits versus, like, uh, an Instagram story that's only up for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then on the end of recruiting, for like, on the end of trying to get other people to work with us, um, we've been working on kind of establishing a better email page. We have um, someone on our team putting together like a proper press kit for us to make us look a bit more professional, put some st- like statistics on there to make us seem, you know, more professional and um, hopefully other people will notice that and kind of take us more seriously. Because I think that is sort of like a challenge to when A, being kind of like a DIY publication, but two, being like two young women is like you want to be taken seriously and you don't want people to sort of like brush you off or just like treat you as like two teens just like screwing around or whatever. So it's like... Finding that balance of, like, yes, we want to be, like, fun and, like, not necessarily feel super professional, but still, like, wanting people to take us seriously enough to actually work with us and enjoy working with us. So it is um, kind of a challenge that we're still working through. But, you know, these things do take time and it's not going to happen, like, overnight. And it's just something that you're going to consistently have to keep working on. All right. So, um, for this next part, you guys have to be really honest with me, really transparent. Um, and kind of just let me in on the obstacles maybe you guys faced or learning curves and maybe currently are facing. What's something that bugs you so much in, like, the interview process, be it in pre-production or post? Let me in on some, some hot tea. First, okay. <laughs> well, I would say post-production just kind of sucks. Like, transcribing isn't that fun and neither, and I'm really bad at editing videos, so you just upload the Zoom call, even so. Especially after doing this, it's like 
getting back to people quickly and like being responsive via email that's like a skill that not everyone has <laughs> and I feel like I don't know if it's just like musicians or kind of like you know thinking about other things doing other things but I think um if someone's really responsive that you know sets a good intention at least for me because I'm like okay I can actually communicate with you and we can actually get this sorted and scheduled without kind of like hanging in the air it's just like well are we doing something are we not doing something so I think that's something that I didn't realize yeah sometimes people will miss an interview and then like not answer any follow-up emails because they're embarrassed and, it's, and we don't care that they missed the interview and we know that they're just embarrassed or whatever but it's like please <laughs> just do it a different time like I swear we don't bite I swear we don't care <laughs> No, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, I think the time zone difference is what sucks for me the most is because like, like, even with you guys, for my listeners, I screwed up. I was like an hour early, I guess maybe that's like my excitement or over preparation. But um, I have to ask, were there any interviews where you guys recorded it, everything's done, ready to go, and either you guys don't feel comfortable enough releasing it, or the guest doesn't really want you guys to put out that video. We've had anything on the guest part. I think we might have had, like, one or two um, artists come on and be like, I would prefer not to, like, put video up, like, do audio only, but it's not, it hasn't ever been an issue. We want to, like, um, make sure that everyone's comfortable. So if someone wants to do audio only, then, like, that's completely fine. Because, like, you know, I kind of treat it as just, like, you know, we're, like, your hosts. And, like, I don't want you to do something or, like, promote yourself in a way that isn't comfortable for you. Because if you're not comfortable having the conversation, then, like, things can get, like, a little bit awkward. Or you maybe you don't say everything that you want to say. So that's, like, really important to me. That's really but, respectable. Um, was, there ever, was there ever a moment where, like, we didn't want... I feel like I've edited, like, our responses for time because I feel like people... But not, like, because we said anything inappropriate, just because, like, sometimes we'll just be vibing and having a conversation, but, like, whoever clicks on the interview just wants to hear what the other person has to say. Yeah. Usually, if we're interviewing a bigger artist who's more strict on that stuff, their manager or, like, PR person or whatever will supervise... So yeah, that's happened a couple times, but no one's ever said no, like, take this down. I think something that's um, that's been really significant for me and maybe for Sarah, too, while doing this is I'd say we're two pretty, like, socially, like, shy and, like, fairly anxious people. So I think that doing a lot of these interviews and stuff, like, really allows us to step out of our comfort zone. And, you know, we're... We've always um, been very, like, attentive to kind of, like, what we say. Just, like, oh, is, like, that weird or is that, like, embarrassing? And it's, like, kind of, like, a hurdle to get over that. Because, like, you know, it's inevitable that you maybe, like, say something embarrassing or you fumble your words or something. But it's, like, you know, that happens to everyone. It really isn't that big of a deal. Embarrassment is a social construct. <laughs> but um, it, it's it been really helpful. And we're, like, even just, like, you could say self-growth if you want to go there. But, um, like, you have to put yourself in a position where it's just like, I want to have these experiences, I want to have these conversations, and it's like, well, I don't want to let my society stop me, even if, like, 
you know, you do get embarrassed or something, like, don't let that stop you because, like, chances are, like, something that could have felt embarrassing to you, the other person could have, like, not even noticed or, like, forgot about. And, like, yeah, at the end of the day, it just, like, it doesn't matter because, like, you're doing what you want to do and you're having the conversations you want to have. So it really, um, it really, like, helped me personally. I think about my first ever interview experiences, I was on my high school yearbook club in, like, my sophomore year of high school, and I was a staff writer, and I, like, absolutely hated doing interviews. I'm like, this is the worst thing in the world. I, like, didn't even come back the next year to do it because I'm like, talking to people. I mean, for the record, talking to, like, other high schoolers is, like, pretty scary because, like, high schoolers can be, like... I don't know if I can swear on this podcast. Oh, go ahead. I won't. I mean, yeah, high schoolers can be kind of like a little shit. So, as Gerard Way of My Chemical Romance said, teenagers scare the living shit out of me. There you go. So, um, me being like a little like 16 year old going up to this like high school basketball player as like his friends are like laughing and screwing around in the background, I'm just like, I, I wish I wasn't here right now. But, yeah, it's funny how things work out, because I told myself, like, I never want to do this ever again, and then here we are a few years later, and I'm, like, doing this as, like, a full-time, like, side hustle, so you never know. Things will things will always turn around, and you might learn to enjoy doing something that you thought that you hated, so don't limit yourself. <laughs> little motivation 101 over here from Scrunchy. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so we talked about, like, obstacles and learning curves now let's do the opposite and kind of like motivation inspiration maybe who are some hosts that like late night tv or morning show hosts that you kind of emulate their energy or like you try to and obviously with your own spin on it I do love the fact that like more youth are coming into podcasting and kind of these host uh based uh kind of You'll see it on YouTube. People are trying to make their own sets and make it like a, a real thing, a real show. So kind of what motivates you and what kind of pushes you to keep doing what you're doing? Um, so in terms of motivation, it's really cool to meet artists. It's really cool to get your tickets comped. It's really cool to get backstage and feel cool going backstage. Um, in terms of like inspiration, I can't think of any other names, but they had huge TV in the 2000s that would, like, focus on emo bands, and I watched so many of those oh, yeah. in middle school, and they would always, like, they were, like, tight with all the bands, and they would, like, go around for tour interviewing people, and, like, they would do things like house tours, and, like, it was just so intimate, like, they would, like, film, like, people carrying in groceries <laughs> with their mom, and it was, like, it was just, it seemed really fun, and it was, like, I feel like now in this day and age, like everything, since things aren't print and DVD anymore, it's harder to get money out of like internet clicks. So a lot of things are really, really generic and ask the same questions. Like, so who's your lead singer? And it's like everyone who cares enough to watch already knows that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like the inspiration. Yeah, definitely for me as well. Um, in terms of more like, I guess, modern day, I unfortunately really like Zane Lowe. I think his interviews are pretty great, and I really like his energy. From the ones that I've seen, um, I really like that, it, um, it, at least it seems like that from the outside, that he has, like, a legitimate, like, relationship or friendship with everyone that he interviews, and he's just, like, so hyped for everyone that he gets to talk to, and I think he asks 
like really great questions um some like notable interviews um the one that he did like with lady gaga for um her chromatica album the ones that he's done with like Haley williams i think like those conversations are like from an interview perspective well done but also just from like a life sort of perspective like getting into topics such as like mental health and things like that it's um really interesting to hear his conversations not just like as someone who likes to listen to music but as someone who just like cares about the different topics that artists are kind of touching on and it's like life topics that everyone goes through or a lot of people can relate to so i really like what he's doing over on um, apple music but yeah i think that's my present day in terms of other inspiration i would say like i also feel like sometimes fans have people who like go on tour with them and like their jobs are just to write and i always thought that was so cool like people would they would just bring a friend on tour but that friend would happen to be like an avid writer or whatever and then like also almost famous like that was obviously a big inspiration and like i hadn't even seen almost famous when i started but bands would be like have you seen almost famous you're like the girl and the boy from almost famous and i was like no i haven't seen that movie and but yeah it's cute yeah that's like kind of like a little um reference that we were thinking of when we first started this too because i also really enjoy that movie Can you guys uh, let me know, on the interviews you have done so far, are there any favorites or favorite parts? It's not going to hurt the guests, I'm sure they'll be fine, but like, are there interviews that you, you've done and you were like, that was a really good conversation, or like, I forgot that we were even recording, or just maybe like you guys got like really intellectual and philo- philosophical, <laughs> so... There's definitely moments like that, yeah. I think the the earliest one for me we were talking to bad waitress yeah we vibed so hard yeah they're a, a punk band from toronto and they are so awesome we talked i don't even know how long we talked we talked for like an hour yeah we did yeah we talked for ages and it was just so fun we were just like all on the same like wavelength of energy they're actually playing a show in chicago like in december so hopefully we can actually meet them face to face this time around so that one was really cool. We talked about a lot of important stuff yeah. there too, um, in terms of like where the scene is today and like keeping spaces safe, especially since that conversation was really predominant starting last year and continuing now. Um, I Bad guess- Waitress, if you're listening to this, bring us on tour. <laughs> <laughs> then there was, um, there's D. Yeah, so D of Mud Puppy contacted us and asked for an interview. We vibed so hard. We were on Zoom for four and a half hours. It was ridiculous. And it was like the first time we had ever talked. And then um, I ended up going on tour with them because they were like, do you want to come? It was just a little weekender in California, but I always wanted to go on tour. So that was fun. And I like took pictures and wrote a thing for Scrunchie. And now they like help out sometimes. So that was cool. Yeah, that was really cool. But like we literally like were able to meet a friend that we regularly talk to through doing what we do. And I'm like, that's that's really the most rewarding thing for me. It's just like I wanna do this so I can meet people and have these sorts of experiences. So that was really cool. Oh, Bleach. Oh, Bleach? Yeah, I saw Bleach when I was, like, 17 or 18 at a warehouse show in St. Louis, and then, like, they kind of blew up a little bit, so I contacted them, 
and then uh, we covered an event they did at this abandoned mall. <laughs> it was and a that, skate park too. It was, it was like this abandoned mall skate park thing. That was really fun. Yeah. There was also, um, this is kind of a funny story, but um, this band called Scrunchies, they're from uh, Minneapolis. We talked to them like a while ago. But um, we really vibed with them. Like that, they were a lot of fun to talk yeah, to. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to. Who was it that connected us from Taco Cat? Oh, uh, I don't remember who. But it was someone in Taco Cat. Yeah, someone from Taco Cat like co- tagged us in Scrunchies like Instagram, and they're like, "Oh my god, you guys were like name twins. You guys should do an interview." And I was just like, "Okay, bet." And then it actually ended up happening. So. That was kind of a funny moment, but yeah, they were really fun to talk to. Yeah. That's so cool. I agree. It is really rewarding and kind of crazy to look back at how some of the friendships you make wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for this whole thing that you started, which kind of like makes me feel so weird because it's just like your life would be completely different. I myself can't help um, but feel like... I'm ending the call uh, with some of my guests like a one night stand because like it feels like, like just a one and done and like, all right, I'm moving on with my life. Thanks for the interview. And it's like, it's great. Like you don't have to be friends with me. Sometimes it's just like really awkward to close it off. And it's just like, okay, no, I'll just, I'll go now. <laughs> there have been times where people, and like we obviously try not to ask anything deliberately upsetting, but like one time I asked someone about her first guitar and she started crying and I had no idea what to do. <laughs> it's like I know one prepares you for these things. Like to cry with that one, and then like sometimes we'll ask the inspiration behind the song, and someone will like start crying, talking about a past relationship, and it's like it's very intimate. And then you're like, especially when the Zoom timer is like, okay, you have ten minutes left. It's like, okay, bye. <laughs> I think it's funny that Sarah sometimes always clicks out of the Zoom interview too early, so we're in the middle of saying bye, and then it just cuts out. I don't know how to end Zoom calls. It's funny though. I think it's funny, but yeah. I mean, there's definitely moments that like no one prepares you for. There's no way to prepare for them. But I mean, it's I guess the other perk. I think we were talking about this one time, being like a small publication or whatever. It's like on one hand, we're not gonna get get as many like clicks or readers as like Billboard or Rolling Stone or whatever. But it's, like, I feel like if an artist comes out of a smaller platform that, like, they don't have the pressure of, like, millions of people are going to be listening or reading this, then maybe they'll be they'll be more, like, inclined to share more things that they maybe wouldn't share with others because it feels more personal and it feels spontaneous. So, like, I feel like we can, like, there's, like, a little bit of, like, exclusivity in that. That's, like, a perk. Yeah, one thing that was, like, a big inspiration for me, and it was kind of connected to how me and Veronica met, is that I would spend a lot of time going through old Angel Fire pages and like WW Wars and like live journal pages of like bands that are really famous now, like MCR or Fall Out Boy or Panic at the Disco or whatever. And I would like dig up those interviews. And a lot of times those bands, because they weren't famous yet in like the very early 2000s, would be much more honest and candid and say things that they probably wouldn't say now or even just a couple years later. Yeah. And then like, um, that was how Veronica and I connected, but that was sort of my inspiration because, like, we've interviewed, like, almost 150 bands now, and eventually, by the odds of probability, we're hoping that we interview <laughs> someone who gets famous, and then we can, like, be that for that person. Like, someone can look at our page 15 years from now and be like, oh my god, this person said this when they were, like, 17. Yeah. 
I, I think the same, absolutely. I try to like uh, work with more independent artists and kind of their earlier stage. It's really exciting for them and rewarding for me to be yeah. able to kind of be their first host, their first interview. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, talk to me about mental health. What does that look like with balancing all of this? Obviously, you guys have mentioned that this isn't your full-time gig, but it does take quite a chunk out of your day or your week. Um, how do you guys kind of balance all of that and take a break for yourself? I mean, I think that doing this has really helped me improve my mental health because I'm the kind of person that feels happier when I know that I have things to look forward to and when I have things to do that I think are fun. If I wasn't doing this, then right now all I would pretty much be doing is just like working my nine to five job that's remote. I'd just be sitting at home. But now it's like, even though this is like, quote-unquote work that can be tedious it's like work that makes me feel fulfilling it's work that allows me to go out and go to shows which I've always loved doing it allows me to have like conversations with people that I wouldn't have talked to in any other setting so it's like giving myself things to do and feeling like I'm part of the community and just talking to people meeting people especially like throughout the pandemic even though it was virtual that did so much for me and I'm really grateful that I have this like albeit like little platform it like feels like I have some sort of purpose and that you know and in the simplest terms like it makes me happy and I feel happy doing it and yeah I don't really it it's weird because like I don't know where I would be today if like I didn't like have this thing like even though we haven't been doing this for like long but it's like still been like super impactful yeah I think like with COVID like I was doing this but I was only doing a couple interviews a month if that in college and like during COVID someone told me that I could go on the college radio station and like broadcast the interviews across campus and I thought that was really cool and like going to shows and like meeting like famous people or like band people or whatever it's just exciting like there's a sort of air of excitement and, like, I really, really miss that. And, like, obviously, safety, that was necessary. But, like, being on Zoom with fans I like sort of replaced that. And it got a lot more serious. And I realized I really liked it. And I was doing kind of what I always wanted to do. Yeah. So, I guess it goes back to the entire thing of um, not treating this as, like, an actual job. But doing it because it's fun. And doing it because you love it. And even though it is work, it can like still serve well for your mental health because you're just doing stuff that you love to do you know so it's safe to say that it, this is more of an outlet than anything else this is something that you just yeah, yeah. yeah okay cool cool um we are down to our last and final question are you ready all right okay and that is what's to come from you and scrunchy in the future small goals big goals in your future far down the road and just like think big, like things that you do you want to be like featured in a magazine? Do you want to be like, I don't know. I'm excited for you guys. Let me know. We're going to overthrow Rolling Stone. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'll go for the circles. I want to make a TikTok page. Um, we want to get WordPress premium and some other premium features to help things go a little more smoothly. Uh, once we get settled in Chicago, we want to pick up the pace. Possibly meeting with bands in person and starting more photo shoots and stuff now that shows are starting to pick back up. Yep. Uh, one thing I want to start doing is reaching 
reaching out to people from bands that were famous that like maybe might not be famous anymore that want to talk like no one is going to remember the guitarist from a band from 2007 or whatever even if um they were in a chart topping band and like saw some crazy shit to talk about so i want to see if we can do that reaching out to more people that aren't necessarily musicians like later this week we're going to a groupie writers workshop run by pamela desfars which is why we're in indiana yeah and uh yeah i think that about covers it we want to hit a thousand instagram followers so bad <laughs> that would be cool but yeah in addition to that i would really love to interview like sarah said like people in the music scene that aren't exclusively artists even like producers photographers I think all of these people like have a slightly different perspective on like the scene and I would really want to hear what they have to say and everyone obviously has a really important job to do that provides us with all the content that we love so there's definitely a few people that I'd love to talk to. Um, I would really love to like shoot or do something for a festival maybe sometime next year. Like I mean Chicago has a bunch of festivals throughout the year so that's that's something that I'd really love to do. Um, I want to go on tour again. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. I mean, really, the sky's the limit here. It's like I just don't want to sit at home. I want to do stuff. I want to like travel the more shows, like out of state. Um, obviously, like meet new people. It's like you know, take any opportunity that you can. Don't limit yourself. Like live live the life you want to live. Yeah, that's what I gotta say. I'd also really love to do, like, merch or something, maybe, like, t-shirts. Yeah, that would be fun. So we can figure out, maybe we can talk to, like, um, Jillian, who does, like, some of the art, do a collaboration with her. Um, but, yeah, maybe do, like, just, like, talk to more people, grow this community in the most broadest sense. And, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where we're at right now. Well, I definitely see that happening for you, and I wish nothing but the best for you. And I just want to say thank you so much for taking out time to be able to talk to me, someone who's starting out with something similar, what you're doing, and much smaller, but hoping to reach the same heights you guys are. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was wonderful meeting you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for having us on here and being our first interviewer. Of course. <laughs> Very sweet. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Do you guys want to plug your social media um, so that people can follow you and see what you're putting out? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So our Instagram is FrenchyZine. Our WordPress is FrenchyMagazine.wordpress.com. And that's about all we have right we're now. At, we're scrunchy zine on YouTube. Oh, yeah, also. we're scrunchy zine on YouTube. And, I mean, all of, if you go to our website, there's, like, links for everything. If you find a certain interview, we have, like, everyone's socials for the artists linked on there. So as long as you know, like, scrunchyzine.wordpress.com, you're good. Cool. All right, beautiful listeners. That was scrunchy zine or scrunchy. Um, check them out. Yeah, you'll find better interviews over there, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.